Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Absolutely Podcast. Today, I'm solo. It's just Kira, no Amelia, but (laughs) I'm super excited to introduce another episode of the Absolutely Podcast. Thanks for coming back. We hope that you're enjoying the podcast so far. And as me and Amelia kind of settle into exploring where we want to take this podcast, we love coming together to talk about some of the things that we have experience on or opinions on, kind of like we did in our first episode and some of our upcoming episodes that we have great ideas on. But we're also really excited about interviewing some of our friends and some of the people in our lives who have different experiences from us, but who have amazing stories to tell and advice to give on how to be a better human in all sorts of aspects of things. So today is a great episode. I'm super excited. I'm here in Denver, Colorado, which is where I grew up. And I haven't been back in a very long time. And I'm super excited to be here with three of my very close friends from school, reunited (laughs) in Colorado. And I'm I'm just very grateful to be here with them. And I'm very excited because today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that is very personal with all of them. And I'm so appreciative of them for allowing me to record this conversation because I feel like it's something that everyone can learn more about all the time. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about exploring sexuality, gender, and queer relationships while carrying religious guilt and balancing different stereotypes and social attitudes that are present. And so I'm here today with three of my friends, Sophia, Carly, and Molly, who are all going to talk a little bit about their experience with this and navigating this as they are in their early 20s and are kind of just trying to figure out who they are and more about themselves. And again, they're my very close friends, so I'm so thankful for them to share their personal experiences. And I'm so excited because I think there's so much to learn and we can learn so much from our friends and we can carry that open-mindedness and the advice that they're able to give into being a better ally as we meet more people who maybe are a little different than us or who just have a different experience. So I'm super excited and I can't wait for this episode. So let's get into it. Carly, I'm going to start with you, A, a wonderful friend. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between gender and sexuality for us for our listeners i'd love to so my name is carly i use they them pronouns and i identify as pansexual and genderqueer um and i would define gender as something that's a personal exploration um of expression and seeing what feels good to you in the spectrum of gender. And when I say spectrum, there's no um, right way to be. And there's, like growing up, I feel like many of us are conditioned to believe that there is male and female. And um, it's beautiful because, you know, our souls are just in this space and we're exploring this spectrum of expression and it's you know really beautiful and really personal and there's no right or wrong way to do it um and the queer community has created a beautiful space for 
everyone who is exploring their gender and you know it's just a really cool thing and um sexuality is who you are attracted to romantically and there it's a very wide spectrum as well um with cisgendered people um it is you know lesbian gay and with non-binary people or genderqueer people like myself um there are many other you know ways of expressing your sexuality and exploring your sexuality and it very much is an exploration um similar to exploring your gender as well but gender is more of an internal journey and sexuality many times begins as an internal journey and then blossoms into an external expression so yeah amazing thank you i think it's really important and you and i've chatted about this off of camera or off of ooh, not camera off of microphone <laughs> kind of the importance of defining those things and having that understanding because oftentimes they can be confused or intertwined and what we're going to be talking about today it's kind of important to have a bit of distinction between those two things so thank you for giving us for anyone who may not know i'm definitely still familiarizing myself with all of this and i'm so thankful that you know i have such amazing people in my life who can help me on this journey and if you're listening and this is maybe your first conversation you're hearing about gender and sexuality or you have friends who are maybe exploring both of those things or one of those things um it's great to kind of just learn more and hear from people who are living these experiences right now so with that i'm gonna turn over to my dear friend molly to ask a few questions so molly you are in a queer relationship and can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and about your relationship with your partner how'd you meet how long have you been together all that good stuff all right hi everyone Uh, my name is molly and as kira said i am here i'll talk about anything with lovely (laughs) kira and amelia but today i'm here to talk about my ongoing growth and journey with sexuality and how my relationship has developed um i've been with my partner slash girlfriend for about 10 months at this point and within those 10 months things have changed and developed and just become something that they totally weren't in the beginning um and It's been a journey for me and my partner, and I've been lucky to have people to be there listening when I'm venting or asking questions. Um, I feel like my situation of having my partner transition um, within the relationship is not a situation that I hear about often, um, and I wish that I had heard about someone else's experience um, in my position who could, you know, relate. Um, So, yeah, I guess that's a little bit why I'm here. Um, 
amazing. Thank you. No, that was a wonderful intro. So just to kind of give a little light to the situation Molly's talking about. So when you first met your partner, they used he, him pronouns. And in the last, you know, during your journey and your time together, they now use she, her pronouns and they, them pronouns. So I guess my question, and you can talk more about, you you can take this however you want, but my question would be, I guess, can you just talk a little bit about how you first felt as they shared all of these feelings with you and kind of exploring your own sexuality and whether you're going to be attracted to them and just kind of all the things that were going through your brain? Absolutely. So it's funny thinking about the beginning because things have evolved so much more since then. Um, And so, yes, we were friends first. We worked together for a few months. We hung out outside of work for a month and then we started dating. And a couple months into our a couple months into dating, um, you know, they knew that I would be moving out of the state, um, three months after we started dating, uh, but things were going really well. And so my partner came to me and said that they wanted to have a conversation with me because they liked how things were going and they felt like, um, this was something that did affect me and that they wanted to share with me. And at that point, When we had this conversation, they kind of came out to me as gender fluid, possibly transgender. Um, There were still a lot of questions um, and they had only told a couple of their close family members. So I felt honored that they wanted to share this with me, but it was also a little overwhelming because it was new to both of us. Um, So I asked questions about what the future might look like, whether they want to transition to female and whether that would include hormones or changing their name. Um, And they didn't have these answers yet, which is okay. Um, It was just more out of my curiosity. And then um, after we talked about this and kind of their childhood growing up um, as transgender before they came out, and I got more of an understanding of what that experience is like Um, After that conversation, I asked if they would rather me come to them with questions about gender and exploring that realm versus them come to me, Um, and they told me that they would rather come to me about it, so I knew not to bring it up unless they brought it up along with their mental health. Um, Sometimes they would have more depression swings in which... um, that gender part of their identity was more prominent um, in the front of their mind. And at that point, we could have some conversations. Uh, So for a couple months, it was something that I knew, but not our loved ones. And then um, two months after that, so four months into dating, they decided to come out to everybody and start transitioning. Um, And so that brought along more questions and it also was, it's such a process for them and it also affected the relationship and I didn't want to um, overstep and I didn't want this transition to be that much about me. I didn't want to take up too much space, 
but I also needed to take up some. Um, And so obviously, like any relationship, the most important thing was communicating. And so I was feeling so many things when my partner decided to come out to everybody. Um, The most prominent feeling was just the pure excitement and joy for them. And then there was also feeling just extremely scared um, and not knowing what this held, which I also felt a couple months previous. Um, and I journaled about that and I didn't really talk to any about it, anyone about it, but, um, I journaled about it and I kind of went through of like, okay, I've never had to question my sexuality. This has never come up for me. Um, before, my partner came out to me. I didn't think that I would necessarily date anyone who wasn't a male. Um, and so I had only gone on dates with men. I had only been initially interested in men. Um, my crushes were very specific and, you know, there's so much of attraction for me that is personality or who we are um but this was something that I never had to ask myself before dating my partner and then so along with feeling very happy for them very scared I also just felt like I was mourning a loss in a way of it wasn't the way that I had pictured my relationship looking so I was letting go of some expectations I had of our relationship and trying to be open and understanding of any more possibilities that would come up. Um, So it was a roller coaster of emotions. It was very, very difficult for me to verbally say, even to my closest friends and family, um, just even saying the fact that, you know, oh, my partner has come out as trans feminine you know transgender they'll they'll be transitioning to female um that it took me a really long time about three or four days of internally processing in order to tell the most important people that um and it still depends on who I'm talking to sometimes it's harder to get those words out but I have some amazing people that I'm really comfortable with that it's the easiest thing telling them in the world Um, and it's something that I'm very proud of, but it's not something that I hear often from others or that my loved ones hear. Um, so yeah, so now we're at the point where, um, my partner has been on hormones for a little over two months. Um, and going back to that conversation that my partner and I had two months in, It was, you know, I'm here to support you. Um, I don't know how I'll be feeling. And let's just see how this goes and take things day by day. And if I have to support you as a friend, I will. And as long as I'm not holding you back from any transition process or any um, gender exploration, any true identity searching that you need to do, then I'm here and I'm here as 
a girlfriend for as long as that serves you and as long as that serves me. And then we kind of just did that for a while. We took things day by day. I saw how I felt with every little change. Um, First being more feminine clothing. Um, They always would have their nails done for as long as I knew them. Um, But then it became just explorations with clothing and makeup. Um, And with that, I wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't know how I'd feel. I didn't want to end this relationship prematurely based on whether or not I, you know, based on the fact that I might not be attracted to them in the future. That didn't feel like the right thing for me. It felt like I needed to see. Um, And so then once my partner started to present themselves in a more feminine light, I realized I was more attracted to them than I had been to anybody in the past, which came as a huge surprise for me. And it also came as a surprise to my family. Um, My family knew me as straight, and we grew up in a Catholic setting, um, you know, religious, um, go to church on Sundays, and I went to a Catholic school my entire life. Um, from kindergarten to the day I graduated college. And so you and I have had conversations, obviously, outside of this podcast about this and hearing how you've handled this and how patient you've been with yourself and with your partner and just like the open-mindedness that you've had. It's just very inspiring. And I, you just started to touch on being raised Catholic and Catholicism as we know often is shameful of anything provocative, shameful of homosexual relationships, shameful of anything that isn't a straight relationship and I would just kind of love to hear you talk a bit more and open to any of my friends sitting near me right now would just love to hear a bit about how that's been. You've talked a lot about kind of your unsureness of if you'd be attracted to your partner and I think you've handled that with such grace but yeah I just this is amazing hearing you talk as well so thank you so much for sharing. I think my faith um, which will always be a part of my life just in different forms and in different to different extents um, my faith was obviously a huge reason why Um, I was raised that, you know, homosexuality was not okay. And then once I realized that that was not doing me any good to hold on to, um, and not the truth and not anything that served me or anybody else, I decided that, you know, I, I was okay. It was okay for other people, but it still was not okay for me. Um, Being in a queer relationship, um, being in a relationship with someone who's trans, it's new for me, it's new for my partner, so we're still figuring everything out. Um, For a while, I didn't have the answers that my loved ones were wondering. Um, I knew that I was attracted to my partner as she's transitioning and with all of these new 
things happening physically, emotionally, um, and mentally for my partner. Um, I know that with each step, I'm more and more attracted to them and to her. And so that's something that comforts me and gives me hope. Um, But I was uncertain for a little bit, and I'm really happy that I, obviously I'm really happy that I stayed with them to see and, um, you know, told them, hey, as long as you know it's a possibility that I might not be attracted to you as this process continues. And they were willing to see what happened. And now I'm certain that the attraction part of our relationship doesn't have, it's a lot more affirming and a lot more comforting knowing that I will be attracted to her going forward and that was something that I needed to experience and I didn't know I would feel this way um, until she came along and then um, I have I also identify as pansexual and that was a label that I chose to identify with only about a few weeks ago. Um, For a while, I was with this beautiful person who I was so proud to be with, and I couldn't identify my sexuality. I knew I wasn't straight, but I didn't feel like I could identify with anything in the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, And so I was just in this limbo of knowing that I wasn't straight and that that didn't fit my identity anymore, but not being able to, not being able to know what else to identify with. And um, I had this wonderful conversation with my partner because like I said, conversation is the key to figuring all of this out. And um, they told me some things that I, really, really needed to hear. Um, I had been not choosing, I've been choosing to not reflect on my sexuality because I was scared and because I knew that it wasn't what I thought it was. And that was scary. Um, And it was scary that I thought of how I feel as wrong for so long um I it was simply so buried that I just didn't let myself reflect on it and I didn't let myself think about it and I would see LGBTQ plus you know I would see pride symbols and flags and art and be happy but feel like almost feel afraid I guess there was just a lot of fear. And then I talked to my partner. My partner asked, you know, she said, I know that you don't like to choose a label, but how would you identify yourself, your sexuality right now? And then being able to to say out loud that I felt I was pansexual lifted this weight off of my shoulders that I didn't know was there. Um, I couldn't stop crying for a few hours. Um, I just truly didn't know that that was that that had been weighing on me for so long. Um, 
I felt like I didn't earn the right to identify with this community because I hadn't felt this way my whole life and because I hadn't struggled enough to be a part of the community. Um, Now being a part of a queer relationship, I see the struggle more than I thought I would. Molly, really quickly, for anyone listening who maybe doesn't know, can you explain what it means to be pansexual? Oh, of course. Thank you, Kira. Um, Yeah, back to you, John. (laughs) I had to say that. Um, I, I chose pansexual because it places less of an importance on gender for me. Um, it means that my sexual attraction, my sexual drive is, or I guess, okay, my sexual attraction is driven by who someone is and all of the things that make them them and all of the qualities that they have and gender is a part of that but it's not the defining factor and so um dating someone who's trans it's not it's another dating someone who's trans is another element of my relationship not being on a binary and so i had to choose a more inclusive term because I was attracted to my partner when they identified as male and I'm attracted to my partner as they're identifying as female and as they're transitioning. And so there's no binary, there's no male or female for me. Um, It wasn't a bisexual um, or gay or lesbian. Queer is still great because of how much of an umbrella term I feel it is, but pansexual just meaning that gender to me is um, an added cherry on top of what makes someone attractive and beautiful, but not a defining factor in who I choose to date and love and who I'm attracted to. Um, it just felt like the most inclusive term to define how I'm feeling. Um, and so, you know, my partner saying, you don't need to feel like you've earned this right to identify with this community and that that's actually a common feeling. Um, That helped me tremendously. It also tremendously helps to hear that just because these feelings are new for me and that I'm recently processing them and that I identified as straight for 22, 23 years, that my feelings as someone who's pansexual, as someone who's in love and attracted to a trans woman, that those are all real and valid and just as real and valid as someone who's been feeling it their whole life. And I didn't understand that and I didn't know that and I needed to hear that (laughs) because that didn't make sense to me until I heard it. And I think of it as, I mean, it's a community and it's supposed to be inclusive and there's a lot of different intersections within the LGBTQ plus community, including gender exploration and sexual exploration, as Carly talked about. Um, There's a lot. You can identify with multiple of these labels at a time. You can identify with one of them. You can choose to have it be as much of a part of your life or as little a part of your life as you want it to be. It's such a spectrum, and it 
you can choose to identify with it in any way you want. And it's supposed to be an inclusive community that includes everyone who doesn't feel straight or doesn't feel cisgender. So that is just, I think that's so beautiful, Molly. And I think it's really, really helpful to hear as someone who oftentimes is like, wait, am I attracted to women? Like as somebody who is also kind of just trying to figure it out, I think that's a really beautiful way to put it where you're saying, you know, it's amazing if you've felt this way your whole life. That comes with its own set of challenges, of course. But you don't have to say, I am this one thing and I'll always be that one thing. There's always, life is so full of different people that you'll meet that will change the way that you think and different experiences that you have. And it's okay if maybe you're feeling one way and then now, 23 years later, you're saying, I am now pansexual. Well, exactly. And uh, going off of what Kira just said, I've had some queer friends who have really helped me in this journey. Um, My journey of coming out, my journey in a queer relationship, um, and having, first of all, having that be separate. Um, me Me being proud of being with my trans feminine partner was a different step than me coming out. Um, When I came out as pansexual, it was for me and for my loved ones and for something bigger than my current relationship. Um, It was not just because of this circumstance and who I'm with. It was me saying, I've found another part of myself that I will carry for the rest of my life, no matter who I'm with in the future. Um, And so that was a major step that I took for me. And I've had friends who have helped me through this journey. And I've had some of them say, you know, I've, I've come out as different things. I've come out as lesbian and then pansexual and then lesbian and then bisexual. And it's not an end all be all when you come out. Um, And when you choose a label to identify with, it's okay if you change your mind. It's okay if you don't know yet. It's. Um, I had to realize that by coming out, I'm not hurting anybody, which took me a very long time to process and to understand. Um, and Sophia, Hi. what do you have for us, my love? Um, thanks, Molly. I mean, I think you really said most of what... I have been thinking about but I guess I'm coming from the perspective hello everyone I'm Sophia (laughs) I'm coming from the perspective where I'm in the situation and I'm trying to figure out my sexuality and I'm trying to be really open and also feel okay that I'm in that space where I don't know and I have felt really really lucky to be around these beautiful humans who have ensured that that space of unknowingness is also an okay space to be in and it's very inspiring to see how molly's been empowered um by identifying herself as pansexual and i think that that's really beautiful and um i guess the point of this podcast really from my perspective is that this is to create a space um many of us might not have these conversations every day. I don't get to have them every day. It takes really, really beautiful, special friendships and a lot of trust in our world to be able to talk about these things sometimes. 
And I believe that this is a great space where we can tell you that it is okay to not know and it is okay to change and be fluid and um, just take your time and you don't owe anyone anything. And um, we want to be supports for you if you're listening to this. Um, with any of these things that we're talking about, we want you to know you're not alone and that you also don't have to know everything about yourself and don't put yourself in a box and don't put other people in a box. Life is complicated. Sometimes you got to let it be messy, right? Yeah. Hearing Molly talk about her experience with her partner, um, made me want to talk a little bit about my experience with, my exploration of gender and um i've spoken about it just with friends not like recorded or anything but um growing up i was a very aggressive tomboy like i made it known that i did not want pink and i did not want dolls um and i grew up with two brothers and so like i was I made it known that I wanted to play soccer and like play hockey and I always liked to wear my hair really short and wear my brother's clothes and um I remember I was playing hockey with my brothers on a little kids team and people would say oh what's your name and I'd be like oh my name's Carly and they'd be like oh, okay, Charlie, and they assumed that I was a boy, and I really liked that, like, I, I loved it, and I feel like as I started to grow up, I kind of suppressed that, um, and with puberty, I started to dress more feminine, and that was something that was more just natural in that time, um, and as I've gotten older and like seeing just trans people in my life or non-binary people in my life, it's been something where I say like, wow, that's really, really cool to see. Um, And not until, I don't know, a few months ago, I've like just started to think about that more and think like am I trans or am I you know something other than a female and it's something that's jarring to think about because it's like wow this way I've known myself that's you know goodbye (laughs) you're you're getting to know this new this new thing and it's really complex such a beautiful point that you bring up there and first of all thank you so much for just sharing that detail about how you grew up and kind of your journey with gender identity but I think that idea of mourning someone that you used to be I think that's a really beautiful way to put it because we've been talking a lot about how everything can change and how sexuality and gender can be very very fluid but I think as well there is you know, it's worth noting and taking a moment to say you can be someone and grow into someone else and still, and still that adjustment and that change can be difficult. So I think I just want to say thank you for putting that into perspective for me, because I think sometimes it's easy to forget maybe how, how somebody, even if they're coming into themselves can still be mourning 
maybe who they were or who they have been, like you said, Carly, all your life. Okay, and just one other thing that I wanted to touch on. So, Sophia, you said that you're exploring your sexuality. Yay, fun. Um, Can you talk just a little bit more about that and maybe your mindset as you and others around you go through this journey? I just think it's a lot about kind of being present with yourself and with others in this whole process of sexuality and gender expression and both of those things together and both of those things separately and how they affect people and just being really present and being okay with one day feeling one way and the next feeling another and seeing someone that you love or seeing a stranger present themselves one way one day and differently the next and knowing that that is beautiful and that is okay and we don't need to to be anything but present with those people and those thoughts um and that the everyone is worthy of love and presence and that that is directly uh, applicable to yourself as well in the relationship you have with yourself through exploration embracing the complexity of these things sometimes is really helpful and really shows other people that there's space for them in this um one thing that i wanted to touch on was navigating your queerness and getting to know that part of yourself while navigating your relationship with your family because um you know, your your parents, your siblings, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles have known you a certain way your entire life. And it's very scary um, changing that. It's scary for you and it's scary for them. And it's scary because there's a lot of unknowns and getting to know something that you thought you've known for a long, long time. Um, and with parents that reaction can come out as like fear and for the person who's sharing it that can be seen as invalidation or rejection and it's a really really complex situation because you're doing so much work internally and it may i mean that work is such a beautiful accomplishment because you're digging into this part of yourself and the truth of yourself and you know, you want to share that because it's something you're so proud of, but you don't know how other people will react. And when those closest to you react in a way that feels a little uncertain, it's terrifying and it's hard. Just a question for you, Carly, on that. How do you navigate that then? How do you keep showing up with the people that you want the people that you want the most to understand this situation and to accept that and to love that and embrace that. How do you keep showing up? Do you have advice for people who have, it hasn't gone well the first time or the second time and it, it's still very important to you? How do you do that? That's a really good question. Um, well, first, you know, you come out there's you don't come out once you come out multiple times throughout your life like you may sit your family down and say I am blank or I identify as this and then you know another time you'll be with your friends and say oh 
I'm blank. And just like telling different people, it's not like you say it once and like the whole world knows. It's um, it's something beautiful that you get to share. But I, you know, the advice I would give is um, to remind yourself that this is your journey and ex- you're exploring yourself and um, having comfort in the fact that you're connecting to your truth and how you are meant to feel um, has been very reassuring for me. And another thing that's been helpful for me is um, putting things into a perspective that I'll explain. So imagine that your brain is like a really big house and there are lots of rooms in the house and like the bathroom is you know one place and the bedroom and the kitchen obviously we you know what is in a house um (laughs) you know the dog house anyway um but (laughs) but you move throughout that house in your life or in your brain like you're thinking about what you're going to eat or you're thinking about this assignment that you need to do you're thinking about this you're thinking about that and um in things that hold a lot of weight in your life you tend to get stuck in one room like you get stuck in the bathroom and like you you are in there for so long you think that the bathroom is the only room to be in the only room that exists in this house it's not a house it's just a bathroom now that's what you think but the place where you want to be isn't in any of the rooms it's flying above the house looking at things from above the house and seeing that, you know, your brain, your thoughts, there's something that can serve you and there's something that can consume you and not serve you. Um, And so placing that distance between this weight and like you navigating your life has been helpful and like way easier said than done also because thoughts are consuming and they're hard um and i think also like just having a support system that you can speak openly to um when one group of people whether it be like your family or you know people at work um are you're receiving some pushback from them that feels uncomfortable. So that's what I have to say. I just want to quickly, in case we haven't, um, in case we haven't announced it or brought it into the conversation. Um, these are just our experiences with exploring sexuality and gender and coming out to loved ones and navigating a queer relationship. And it's really each of the things I just mentioned, it's going to be so different for every single person and there will be commonalities and things that will make you happy when you um, relate to someone and you've had the same experiences, but everyone's experience is so different. And as Sophia said earlier, just acknowledging the complexities in others' experiences makes you more open to giving support and receiving support.
Oh, this is such a good conversation. I have just a couple more things that I really want to hit on before we wrap up. And I'm so thankful for y'all being here. Um, so we've all talked a bit about like in our conversations, Molly, about your relationship with your partner, how society is very catered towards straight relationships. Can you just talk a bit about maybe how you notice this in your relationship with your partner? And for listeners, what's one thing you'd want to ask of everyone who is listening to keep in mind or habits maybe that we can break or adopt as we try to be more inclusive of all relationships? Perfect. So this is fresh on my mind because it's so new. Uh, The first thing that comes to mind with Kira's question is language. How easy it is to use language that is gendered. um, Especially it's something that I've made an effort to break down habits where I'm not including so much gender in my language. I'm choosing more gender neutral terms. I'm, you know, if I'm uncertain about someone's identity, I'm maybe going with a they, them pronoun, but it's different with my family and the ways that they will ask me about my relationship um, with such heteronormative standards, um, you, you know, finding a man and someone who protects you and just all of these um, gender stereotypes that does not apply to my life. Um, Really just anything, seeing anything, any advertisement, finding any GIF on GIF or GIF, I don't know what they're called, but trying to send little memes, finding (laughs) memes, how straight memes are, how straight GIFs are, how straight... um, postcards and photos and costume ideas for Halloween and like just every little thing that comes up I feel like I have to go the extra mile to make it so that it's not heteronormative and even even cartoons like holiday cards I mean it's just I feel like the list goes on of of trying to find something that's not heteronormative or not gender specific um everything is so structured. So I guess just being aware of when you group together, um, you know, a group of what look like they might be female identifying individuals and saying girls or saying ladies. And I mean, it's, I don't know, it's the little things like breaking out of those habits first, allow you to bring more, it brings awareness into the other ways that you're gendering everyone else around you yeah going on with that molly really quick um i just wanted to say with de-gendering language and um, breaking those habits yourself first and then kind of bringing that into the world and bringing inclusive language into the world is such an important quest i think for each of us as individuals and then also as a society and i have already gotten backlash from people in my life around gender neutral language and the lack of understanding as to why i use they them terms for people i don't know um, because i fi- i will not gender someone without knowing their identity that just feels more natural to me knowing what it feels like for folks in my life to be misgendered and 
it's uh, I just think it's really important to step in grace gracefully to that education role as well um, and not get mad that people don't know why you're doing something, but also taking the time if they're people you really love and cherish to explain why you might be doing some of that. And also with language, with pronouns, with making assumptions about relationships being heteronormative, that's what we've learned. And we have to also just give ourselves grace and kindness when we mess up and know that we all make mistakes and you just keep going and eventually we'll form new habits. And as long as you care about those people who you love and you're willing to put in that effort of breaking down habits, then I feel like that's where the intention is. Yeah, and when making mistakes, which everyone does, also just an apology goes a long way. Just say like, oh, sorry, like I totally messed up there. Love you. That's all I got. (laughs) No, I'm laughing. Throwback to our first episode. I'm not laughing at the topic of this conversation, but it's funny. I'm so like I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm visiting my friends in Colorado and I bought a mic for anyone who's paid attention. The first mic was Amelia's. Now I have a mic, but we are once again passing the mic around, which is great and so good, but um, amazing. And yeah, so I think both Molly and Sophia kind of touched on this idea of language as a wonderful place to start. And it's something I'm really practicing as well. And I'm have messed up and I'm just, yeah, and we're all going to mess up. But I think that's a really, that's such like, not an easy place to start because it's, you know, easier said than done. And it does take active effort, but it's such language. Like we all use language. And if we can all just be more intentional about the way that we speak, that's a, just a great place to start. So if you're kind of looking, if you're listening to this and you're just wondering, how can I be more inclusive? Just start with language. And, you know, if you maybe hear someone misgender, you speak up, right? Like just taking those small steps. So my last question that I have, and you guys can take this, y'all, y'all can take this wherever you'd like. Um, what advice do you have for anyone listening or anyone in your lives who's exploring their sexuality and is maybe feeling overwhelmed either by their religion, their family, any sort of pressure they're putting on themselves, their anything, what would you say to someone? Because I think there are so many of us that are questioning that and maybe scared to explore it, maybe don't know how to explore it. Maybe, you know, there's just, it's a, it, it's such a flowing thing. And I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to kind of figure this out. And we've talked a lot about in this episode why you shouldn't do that. So <laughs> I'm thankful for that. But this is just a question I have for myself as well. If you just want to add maybe your own process or your own thoughts right now, if this is something you're exploring, yeah. doesn't have to necessarily be advice, but maybe just tips or things you're processing as you are exploring this. We'll edit this. <laughs> I would say that I'm learning how to be at peace with all of the different parts of me that make up who I am and how they support each other instead of focusing on how they conflict. Um, So I'm happy as I still celebrate faith and I'm proud of that part of me, but I'm also so 
so proud of the queer part of me and my queer relationship. And I'm finding really cool ways that those can coincide instead of contradict. Um, Just because you're learning more about yourself doesn't mean you're always necessarily letting letting other parts of yourself go yeah I really love that Molly again like kind of sitting in that complexity not saying I'm queer so I can't be Catholic and just finding what space is meaningful in between for you and what space is loving for you because there is that within everything even if the outward facing like Catholic faith might not be there are always ways to engage in your spirituality or any other part of your life you're passionate about that are inclusive of who you are and are loving and you will find community. Um, but it, it is harder. So I, I do want to acknowledge that that is still a hard line to walk, but I love that you want to celebrate both of those pieces together, not necessarily separately in your life. And I'm really excited to see where that goes. And on Kira's question, I think for me, I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate these conversations with people other than my very, very trusting friendships. Um, so I, I guess just having a lot of grace with the timing and not feeling like you need to rush any conversations and that um, those who truly, truly love who you are will step up to the plate and have that conversation with you and it might be a conversation over three years to get where you maybe want it to be but it's it's still just engaging in that um and showing people that you want to show up so that's what i would say (laughs) hello molly (laughs) i think also it's funny someone just walked in the room that was probably one of the first people that just asked me like hey sophia have you ever been attracted to women (laughs) First person in my family really to like engage in that with me in that discussion and talk openly. So if you can find someone that is uh, just like one person to talk to, I think really opens things up. Just someone who's willing to ask you questions and willing to get to the nitty gritty with you about it. If you can find that, that's wonderful. And if you can't, listen to this podcast and know that we are here with you. (laughs) Molly? Um, In any relationship, whether it is a straight relationship or a queer relationship or anything in between in those realms, um, honesty is really important. Being honest with yourself, being honest with how you're feeling, whether you're happy or burdened or upset or heavy or whatever feelings that come up, just being honest with yourself and being honest with your partner and letting them be honest with you. Wow, this has been such a good conversation and I'm just really thankful to have people in my life that are open, first of all, with talking about this and second of all, just how much grace and the way that you carry yourselves in this world is so inspiring to me and I'm just very thankful to be around people like you who are pushing me to have these conversations and to think about these things and and learn more and so I just just to recap a bit about what we've talked about because this has been such a great conversation we talked a bit about the difference between gender and sexuality how they're fluid how you know that was really interesting because I think a lot of people don't know and it's okay if you don't know but start to learn start to educate yourself start to have these conversations and then we talked a little bit about queer relationships and how 
to explore them, being patient with ourselves, our partners, communication. Um, and we've talked a bit about balancing faith and knowing that your relationship with your faith is unique to you and you can have different parts of yourself that coincide in a way that maybe isn't traditional. And just again, being being having grace with yourself as you explore these different things. We also talked a little bit about being more inclusive using language and having conversations, asking questions, learning more. And that this has just been such a wonderful conversation, I think, for maybe anyone who has never had this, who has never heard of someone who is in a queer relationship or doesn't know anyone or who maybe just has, you know, different ideas about it. I think this is such a vulnerable and open conversation. And even though I might not say absolutely I relate to everything in this episode or I completely feel the same way, I think I've absolutely learned something more and I'm absolutely going forward with an emphasis on being more aware of my biases and being more open-minded and actively practicing ways that I can be more inclusive. So I hope that you are saying absolutely something as well if you're listening to this. And I just am so thankful to all of you for joining us on this episode. So thanks for tuning in and we will chat with you soon.